want to kick it off by asking you, how have these last couple of months been you know, for you with the whole quarantine, the coronavirus? I think it's always an interesting question to ask people because, you know, the boxing community, we're in so many different locations. I'm in Maryland, they're in New York. Um, tell us, you know, where have you been primarily during this time and um, how have you been keeping up with your boxing, your training and all that stuff? Well, I'm currently in Phoenix, Arizona. So, um, I mean, it's been crazy times, I think. It's weird times, no other way to explain it. I mean, nobody expected this year to be this way. I was fortunate enough to get a fight in before quarantine actually started here in the United States. And um, it's it's been strange. I mean, I, I was still training because I have a, a friend's gym that he lets me go to and I could just go and do my own thing. But unfortunately, I had the cops called on so <laughs> after I had the cops called on, um, I had to just be sneaking in every other day. And, you know, I'm not training to get fight ready, just working on certain things and staying busy. Now gyms are, are finally starting to open back up. I think we have two full in training five days a week. So that's nice. But now the protests have begun. So we have curfews and all these other things. And it's kind of stressful, honestly. Definitely, I can imagine. Um, how have now, you know, you kind of led into the second question that I have with the protests. Um, you know, the, there's been protests in most of every city. How has that, um, you know, social landscape affected um, kind of your area and how that's going on as well? Well, I'm Mexican. I came to the United States undocumented. I crossed the border illegally. I still remember when I was a kid and I, and I did that with my parents. They wanted to give me a, a better future. And I don't know if you recall um, SB 1070 and all the racial profiling there was against Mexicans and Latinos. And it was just very tough times for all us. And I was actually a part of all those protests. So um, now that, you know, I think it's something that we've always gone through. If you're not white, you're always discriminated. And um, it's, it's very stressful. It's sad. It's for me, I, I feel it very deeply and I'm with my brothers and sisters. I understand the protests. Um, you know, there's different ways to view the whole looting thing, but um, I understand it. People are mad. I mean, people don't listen when you protest peacefully. So make them listen some other way, I guess. Um, as for Arizona, the situation, it's, it's, it was tough the first few days because people did, uh, I guess, uh, protest in a non-peaceful way, but we're back to peaceful protests and uh, people are being respectful and we are being heard. So that's that's very good. Um, we are currently on curfew. Um, we can't be out on the street after 8 p.m. If not, you get fined. And it's, it's weird because you can't even go to the grocery store past seven. Everything closes at 7 p.m. And if you forgot to buy something, then I mean, you gotta wait till the next day. It's just, it's very awkward. and. I don't know. It's strange. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you answering that question too, because Hans and I, um, right before we jumped on, we were kind of just discussing this. We've, we've been, the door has been shut on us a couple of times when we ask people certain questions about, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, just the social climate right now. And I feel it's uh, incredible for you to, to answer that question and, and put your name in front of that and, 
and discuss things because these these are important topics. So, so kudos to you for I, that. I appreciate it. I think, of um, course, it's it's really hard to discuss these things, and it's, sometimes it's things that don't want to be said, but it's time that they have to be said because there has to be a change. I mean, Black Lives Matter. It's about Black Lives Matter right now. It's not, of course, all lives matter, but it, we're focusing on a specific issue. And at the end of the day, I mean, we all feel it. Brown people, I mean, we all are racially discriminated, especially with this uh, presidency that we have right now. It feels like ever since Trump became president, you know, it's okay to be racist, and it's not. 100%. Um, I'm gonna transition a bit, um, you know, still staying on the fact that you are outspoken, um, you do speak on topics. But I think when people see you online, you're super personable. Um, you're always willing to engage with people is one thing that I love about you. And actually how we set this up, you know, I just responded to one of your tweets um, and then we were kind of going back and forth and I was like, jump on the podcast with us. So um, I think, uh, you know, it's awesome how you engage. And, and I think one thing about you too is you're not shy about giving other people credit like when you see other people fighting whether it be a man or a woman you're like i'm a fan or, or this or that i think that's really cool so what i'm trying to say is i think you're one of the athletes that really gets it what social platforms are about how you can connect with uh fans and other fighters but how do you how do you see social media instagram twitter that type of stuff and how does it play in and factor into you know your professional career and how do you want to uh you know how you want other people to perceive you you know, social media plays a huge part nowadays. I mean, I graduated from high school in 2008, and I hardly have pictures from being in high school, you know? And you have these kids that are, like, huge on TikTok, Instagram, Snap. Like, they just have millions and millions of followers because they're growing up in a different era. So, I mean, I can't fall behind. I have to, you know, I've always been very personable and very outspoken and very easy to talk to. So, I think... Um, for me, social media is an easy way to engage with my friends, my family, my fans, uh, people that like me, people that don't like me because at the end of the day, they're watching, you know? Um, and it's it's good for me. It's, it's free publicity. I don't have to pay a publicist to post on Instagram, you know? And, and that's what helps me a lot. At the end of the day, um, I'm in a, in a business where I have to get views, where I have to be out there, you know? Um, that. But, you know, I can't forget the work's done in the gym. It's not about just social media and calling out people on Twitter and not making it happen. If you're going to call out somebody, you got to do it. You got to step up and, and take care of business, you know. Know the time that we're living is a social media dominated time, but keep your feet grounded on the floor and know that nothing takes up working hard in the gym. So, Nam, really my question was for you was, um, I know you definitely have a trainer with you also have you are married to your trainer excuse me so how do you guys really separate that does that become an issue for you guys as separating work and your career as far as your marriage issues and things like that or is that something you guys kind of you know well um, it's it's difficult i'm not gonna say it's not difficult it is it's right. um it's like he's my boss you know he's telling me what to do all the time and right. then you know, he yells at me at the gym because I'm not performing right. And then I got to get home and serve this man food. It's like <laughs> kind of annoying. No, I'm not going to lie. Um, but when we started this relationship, um, I told him and he told me, we had a, a deep conversation about this, that boxing was not going to, 
you know, mixed the way he trained me because I was his couple. Because I'm his couple, he's not going to go lighter on me. You know, I already knew how he trained. I was his athlete before I was his girlfriend or wife. So I already knew the tough guy that he was in training. Now, as far as um, once we get into fight camp and all that stuff, things get stressful. I'm not going to lie. Like, he kicks me out of the gym. He tells me, get the hell out of here. Like, you're not doing, you're not going to listen to me. Don't be here, you know, all this stuff. And he kicks me out. And it's funny because I got we drive in the same car to the gym. So I <laughs> for him outside in the car. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I just, I'm not going to lie. I get pretty angry. And mm-hmm. uh, I, the drive home is always pretty intense. I'm just quiet. You know, I don't want to talk to him. And sometimes it'll last a few days without me talking to him really because I'm kind of mad you know but I'm allowed to feel that way I can feel mad at myself for not performing and um, I can also you know I'm allowed to feel as long as I don't disrespect him and listen to him as a coach still you know at the end of the day I show up to the gym the next day and I perform and I take care of business and um, if I'm having a hard time you know I just suck it up (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I always, uh, that was just something that I was curious about because I often just think about things like that. Like, wow, imagine you, like you said, you take the car ride home together. It's like, you just finished yelling at me for not doing this. But now I have to come cook you food. And it's like, I should slap you with it. No, I'm just playing. Um, but definitely. Um, I also, I think that, uh, I think you're one of the few athletes that actually embrace, uh, your feminine side even though you are you know like even me like I'm always surrounded with a ton of men because of just the field that we're in like if you're in sports you're in boxing things like that these are uh it's a majority man uh dominated sport but that doesn't mean that you know we haven't been making our entrance as well too now my thing was um do you get any criticism for that at all like I know you, I definitely see you rocking your bikinis and you definitely embrace doing your hair and I see you with your makeup and you definitely have a lot of fun with the fashion. So is that something do you feel like that has benefited you or people have um, criticized you for it? What is your take I think, on that? I think you can't make everybody happy, but you got to do what makes you happy, you know? Right. Um, I have received a lot of criticism, especially from women, saying, you right. know what, oh, she's just... <laughs> She's up there. She's wearing her bikini, and that's why she has these opportunities and this and that. I'm like, no. First of all, if I wasn't able to fight, I would not get be getting these opportunities. You know, absolutely. You want to show up to a weigh-in uh, looking scruffy? That's your style. That's your thing. You know, if you don't want to do your hair, if you don't want to do your makeup, that's fine. That's your thing. My style for me is dressing up. I love it. I have fun shopping for my bikinis. I have. Fun knowing what I'm gonna what my wardrobe's gonna be for fight week you know for press conference for weigh-in for everything you know and I there's no reason why me being that feminine takes away from my boxing because I know I put in the work in the gym I know I'm good if not I wouldn't be this far you know there's just a plus if if, if people Absolutely. if people like looking at me and I feel confident I mean it only draws attention and that's only going to benefit me. And Definitely. I mean, I, I like feeling pretty, especially after a rough, you know, camp and where you hardly get to dress up and you finally get to dress up and, and feel feminine. It's a little way of me really stress. 
I absolutely love it. I that's one of the things I definitely, definitely love about you. Of course, I love your athleticism as well. But I think that's because it's so rare to see. I I really enjoy seeing that because it doesn't mean that just because you know you're fighting and you're doing all of these things doesn't mean that you have no feminine side and it's been like just shut out. So I definitely for that. I mean, you have a construction worker working all day long in his construction uniform or whatever he wears to his hat and all that stuff. He doesn't wear that all the time. He doesn't have to. I'm a boxer. Before me being a boxer, I'm a woman. You're a woman. And outside the ring, I'm allowed to wear and dress how I'd like. And you know what? When it's time to step into the ring, my boxing gear's on, no makeup on, hair's tied up, and ready to go. Time to kick ass. Uh, I know, you know, from our culture, machismo and everything like that, I think a lot of times men also put themselves out there like idiots and they're like, well, women can't be like feminine and and fight too. And, you know, not to say I'm like super woke and have not made mistakes as well, but I've been sued by women fighters, gym owners that are women. Like, well, look, it could be both. You know what I mean? I think that's a, a lot of times people need to lose that preconditioned notion that women can't kick your ass and then be beautiful and like, you know, feminine at the same time. It's like, I think a lot of people have that um, insecurity though. And, and maybe that preconceived notion that, all right, you know, la mujer tiene que estar en la cocina. She can't box, you know what I mean? Like, and so it's, but the more people like you all that are talking and doing and showing that things can be different and should be different. I think it, it really teaches people, uh, you know, a different way and way to so prop the book of you guys. Thank you, thank you. And it's also women, and honestly, it's also yeah. women that have that, I don't know, they, that belief that you shouldn't dress up like that because it takes away from your boxing. You know? And it, that's women in, in everything, in offices, in sports, in every single little thing you feel like it takes away from uh your job or whatever it is that you're doing jumping back into the boxing segment Sulem, um when events do return and you know then then maybe some of these call outs make more sense and we start talking about actual fights that are going to happen um who are some of the fighters that are maybe on uh, at the top of your list that you would actually want to face for me, I, I I really would like to face uh, Yves Zamora. She's the WBC world champion, and um, I, I know her very well. We've sparred together before. She helped me out when I was living in Mexico City. So um, I think I would love to fight her if I had the opportunity. Obviously, I'm still learning and growing in the sport. So, um, you know, I have to wait and see what Golden Boy says and when I'm ready. But um, certain opportunities you can't turn down, and if it comes, I'd love to take that fight. Definitely, I know um, you mentioned Golden Boy. Um, I think that official announcement is coming soon, right? That you're signing with them, or has that already happened? Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I haven't officially signed. I'm part of the team. I've, we've already talked about it, discussed it. You know, just this whole COVID thing happened, and you know, they're keeping their word, and I have, I keep my word. And, um, you know, it, it's going to come. It's there. I'm already part of the family. And um, I know that it's just a matter of time getting past this whole COVID thing. And, you know, that's probably the last thing on their mind right now, signing Sulem Rubina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we can't. Yeah, we look forward to that. I mean, we can't wait to see you back in the ring, um, you know, with a, a promotional company like Golden Boy who does have other female fighters on their roster. That's exciting as well and, and get you in the mix as well. 
was going to follow up originally when we were talking about the protesting, but I know as far as um, George Floyd, where there's definitely been protests all over the country. I'm not sure if he was 19, but his name is Giovanni. He was also assaulted and killed by police officers over there, and there's uh, been a spark of outrage on that side too. Um, do you feel... Uh, really, how do you feel like this would turn as far as police brutality? Do you feel like these protests are really going to get us anywhere? Do you feel like there's just more something of uh, a systematic oppression that needs to be fought? Uh, what do you really, what is your take on that? You know, um, in Mexico, it's a whole different story. It might not be racism. It's just the government is so corrupt. Mm -hmm. I lived out there for a very, very long time. And it's, it's very sad because... Uh, Policemen honestly don't make much as it is, but then when they don't make much, they pull over a car and they expect to get paid to not get a ticket or whatever, you know? It's right. just corrupt all the way around. Might not be racism, you know, they just pick on everybody over there in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And um, what happened to Giovanni, it's, it's very sad, you know, for not wearing a mask, he took a beating, he ends up dying the, the next morning, you know? It's, it's very, very sad. Now it's happening all after Floyd, but you can't forget that before all that happened in Mexico, there was 43 students that were killed by the government because they were protesting also. They went missing, you know, and nobody ever found them. So Mexico, it's been in a, an ongoing fight and it will be for a very long time. However, I believe that in the United States, all these protests, I think they will make a change. They should. Uh, first, First and foremost, I believe that they will invest in uh, not just letting anybody become a cop. Because if you realize uh, the way you can become a cop is, you know, you have your GED or high school diploma. You go to the police academy for a few weeks. You pass your physicals. And, you know, I think they don't have the proper training or uh, training for long enough term or evaluations, mental evaluations in order to become police officers. A police officer there is good police officers out there but um you know there's those jobs where you can't have a bad apple or else the whole batch is bad so right. um i i do believe that things will change and um i hope i hope they do i hope so too i really um because we i am actually in new york so i've gotten to see a lot of like crazy protests um it, people getting really like uh, ambushed um, protesters and stuff like that. So I definitely have seen a lot of crazy things on this side. And I also hope, hope that with all the efforts of everybody in the public, things do change. Now, back in lane too, I know you're, um, you're very proud of your Mexican nationality. I always watch you dancing your cumbias. So <laughs> is there any specific cumbia artists or songs that you like absolutely have to have on your playlist? You know, um, I just, I grew up, in South Phoenix and uh, I went to a, a it was our high school was half black half Mexican and like three percent white so that that was that was my high school and I was part of the paisa crew you know the Mexicans you know and um, we would go on weekends we had uh, our little dance crews with uh, cumbias and norteñas and whatnot so I miss those days so much um, but it stuck with me and um, you know I love Sonora Tropicana Que Bello, that's one of my favorite, favorite songs. Mia uh, Quesita, that represents where I'm from. Just cumbias del DF that are like uh, sonideras, they're a little different. And cumbias norteñas that are from where I'm from. I just love it. I mean, I love 
twisting and turning all the way around. It's just my husband doesn't really dance that music, but, um, you know, so I dance by myself and I have fun. Okay. All right. Is your, is your husband Mexican as well? My husband is Mexican. Um, he was the first born from his family here in the United States, but he's, he's Mexican. He speaks Spanish. He's not everything. It's just, um, he just doesn't dance cumbias. Cumbia. Right. Okay. I gotcha. Kind of asking you about the first time, um, you know, different things have happened to you in your career. And so okay. the first thing that he wanted to ask you was, um, as an amateur, how was the experience having your first fight in the amateurs? Um, especially I guess, if you were transitioning from other sports, being an athlete, and then boxing. Well, my first fight was when I was 11 years old. Uh, it was in 2002. And um, it was a, a very unique experience. Your first is always special. And uh, I remember I, my parents uh, didn't really, you know, they weren't really involved like parents are now, that they go to every single little thing. And, you know, they're always there. My parents practically, you know, didn't go with me to the fight. I went with the team. My family wasn't there. I borrowed somebody's uniform and shoes. And I, the only thing I had was my mouth guard. I borrowed a headgear, everything, you know, and um, I got a matchup and it was like two hours away from where I live. And I, it was my first time fighting. I didn't know I weighed in and you're sitting there waiting to see if you're going to get a fight or not. I get a matchup and I'm sitting there eating pizza. <laughs> and I'm eating pizza and a big old slice. I ate one big old slice. And then they tell me, Sulam, you're up next. You got to hurry up, wrap up and go. <laughs> and I mean, I rushed to get my hands wrapped. And, and then I go in there. And, and I, honestly, all I did in that fight was just one, two, one, two, one, two, nonstop <laughs> for three minutes. It was like three one-minute rounds. It went by so fast. I remember I was so nervous. And um, it was just... It was just like so exciting for me. And then when I won, I almost cried because I was like, I can't believe it. I still, I still have that belt. I mean, I did like 96 amateur fights and I lost a bunch of trophies throughout that time. I don't even know where they ended up at, but that first belt, that one's very special to me. And I still have that one. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. And it was a green belt. It's a green belt. So nice. it's a sign, you know, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Keep going. I don't know if this has happened yet, but the first time you've ever really been hit with a punch that actually hurt you, that rocked you, and you're like, whoa. Um, it actually happened to me in the amateurs. Um, it was during a sparring session. I, um, you know, I had been sparring. So, uh, I've always fought at 112 pounds. And um, I was sparring. I went to spar this girl that was heavier than me. She was 132 pounds. And I got the better of her that Tuesday that I went to spar with her. I got the better of her. And then I returned again on Thursday and I was doing good, but she was, you know, she was coming, she was coming ready. And, um, that last round, the bell rung and then she, I dropped my hands as soon as the bell rung and she hit me with the right hand right after the bell. I didn't go down. Uh, but you know, she caught me right in, right on my face. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my coach starts yelling at me, why did you drop your hands? You know, so I get out of the ring. He's yelling at me. And then I just start going like this. And then he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. I think it's just hot in here because it was a very hot gym. I mean, if it's not a hot gym, it's not a gym. It's not a, it's, it's not a boxing gym. <laughs> so um, he told me, step outside, take off your hand wraps, relax. 
So I step outside the door and, you know, my teammates sitting down there getting some cool air also. And he's sitting down and I sit down next to him. And all of a sudden I just fall asleep. I start going mm -hmm. bye-bye, wow. you know, and I, and then I could hear my teammates say, Hey, something's wrong with Sulem, you know? And then all of a sudden I could hear everybody all around me, you know, saying, Hey, something's wrong with her. And, you know, I can't wake up. I can't open my eyes my legs I'm, i don't have any strength they tried getting me up i remember and making me walk and i just i hung on everybody's shoulders like this i couldn't so um i started throwing up then uh, my mother she was there with me and she took me to the hospital right away I actually spent the night there at the hospital i had a concussion um it was horrible i think it's one of the worst uh injuries i've had in boxing and i was out for quite some time after that and i had terrible headaches and i had to take care of myself and i'm grateful that i had a great coach because i was able to bounce back from that that's a pretty yeah that's a pretty incredible story pretty i mean intense, right? yeah getting back on the horse then how was it like getting back to the gym and being like okay i still want to do this mm -hmm. so this was after like summer vacation uh, no, this was during summer vacation. Summer had just started. I was still in high school. I was going into my senior year. So it happened uh, at the beginning of my summer vacation. So I was able to, you know, just stay home, recover, sleep a lot. Uh, my coach told me to, uh, you know, eat healthy. And then I was getting uh, vitamin shots, um, cycles of, of B12 and just staying healthy you know and um i started back in the gym like three months after that and i would literally go in there and just uh shadow box because he didn't want me jumping rope because of the impact my head moving my brain moving around or whatever and or hitting yeah. the bag um i would just go in there and shadow box for a few rounds and that was my workout you know it was he eased me and he didn't just throw me in there and that's very important because you know, nowadays you see a lot of coaches just throw their kids into spar and to spar and to spar. And they don't realize that, you know, all those punches accumulate. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll turn it around now. How about the first time that you scored a knockout or you really buzzed someone? Um, how did that feel? And do you have a memory like that uh, that you want to tell us about? Um, there was a, we had a, a training camp in uh, the Mexican Olympic Center. And, you know, it's, it's the best of the best. And um, I remember uh, a girl was coming in to try and take my number one spot, you know, and she was kind of acting like she was high and mighty. And so I was like, okay, you know, and I knew she wasn't at my level. So we were sparring and I was kind of just working with her. And she didn't want to throw at me. And she's like, no, I don't like it. I don't, I don't, I don't want you going easy on me because if not, I'm not going to work, she said. I said, okay. So I started going hard on her, you know, she picked it up a little. And as soon as she picked it up, you know, I let her, I let her have it. I landed, her really good hook. I landed a really good hook and then she just dropped. And it was, I mean, that was my first time I had ever just done that with. So I was like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt so bad for her afterwards, but, um, I was, I was happy. I was like happy for myself. She that I did. It. <laughs> part of the game <laughs> exactly i was like i was trying to work with her and go easy on her you know all right and then last question he had also was regardless of weight class is there any fight uh in your mind 
with anyone ever uh, that would be your dream fight? Like who's who's one person maybe that you would want to fight? And maybe who you mentioned before, but who's who's one fighter that you would love love to fight? Um, I don't, I've never really thought about a dream fight. I just know that I want all the belts, you know? I hope, um, you know, there's a lot of, of good women out there in, in my division. I think it's a stacked division. And I hope that... You know, Sanisa has a lot of followers. Merlin has a huge following. You know, uh, I'm 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 moving up too. So maybe you know, I hope that one day we can be built up, not for a woman's uh, mega fight, but for a mega fight period with two women in it. You know, and and that would be a dream come true. Just being a part. You know, being a main event and just you know, all eyes on two women that are are badass in the ring that would be amazing for me that would be a dream come true the only thing i was uh really curious about was when you fought Luz elena i know you had went under like went under like kind of like a flu during camp that you kind of previously talked about and said that you might have thought could have been something like coronavirus see at the beginning of first off i didn't know about that fight till uh, three weeks notice, I believe. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was actually very, very sick. I had a fever. I had, um, I was, I was just not feeling well. And I got past the fever after a few days. They called me and I said, I'll take the fight. And, you know, Golden Boy called me to check me out. So I was like, I'm not about to pass this opportunity up. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I took the fight and then I got worse after I took the fight. Mm-hmm. I got really, really bad. I got to a point where I was coughing all the time. I couldn't breathe. It was, I got my butt kicked so many times in sparring because I just couldn't perform. I couldn't breathe. My lungs were not there. And um, the capacity. I looked terrible. I looked terrible. We got, like, the week before the fight, my husband actually said, are you sure you're going to be able to fight? And I said, yeah, you know what? I, I want to. I'll be fine. Um, luckily, I started feeling better the week of the fight. I actually sparred on the Monday previous to my fight on Saturday and I looked a little better, but my lungs, I couldn't get them right still. And I still, I showed up to the arena and it was, it was horrible. I mean, I was like, I better, I better stop this girl because I can't, I can't take a full breath. You know, I was like, I, I I only have a couple rounds in me. If, if it gets past that, I'm going to be in trouble. And um, luckily, I was able to stop her. She didn't come out after the third. third and I looked, I looked pretty good and, um, you know, convinced Golden Boy that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good fighter. And, um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't able to recover fully till two weeks after my fight. I don't know what it was. I don't know if, but I did go to the doctor and they didn't, they had no clue. The only thing they could give me was a cop suppressant at the time. Mm. And it, was, it wasn't only me that got sick. I got sick from somebody that I sparred with. Then like oh, wow. five other people in my gym got sick. So it was it was something that was going around. Right, it was definitely contagious. Well, I, I salute my hats off to you because you're a soldier for that. It's whole coronavirus, whatever. Even if it wasn't the coronavirus, it could have been even just anything flu-like. That's not something easy. You definitely need your breath when you're in there fighting, so... <laughs> I've always um I've always said like I'm not one to put up excuses never have been um but you know people or the audience only see the end result 
It doesn't matter what happened in camp. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter in the fight, nothing. It's only the end result. That's what is going to end up in, in people's head, and that's how people are going to look you up on box rec or whatever yeah she lost right. her last fight or she won her last fight it's that simple i think if, if nothing else um a lot of these stories that you've told us have shown people that probably the one thing that defines you and your your career as well is overcoming adversity and perseverance so hats off to you i mean that's incredible thank you for sharing some of those stories as well i mean even the whole um potential coronavirus one too i mean that's incredible like you say people go on box rec and it tells small portion of the big picture um, and that's kind of where we try to fill in the gap as well i mean that's why podcasts are so important written yeah. articles are so important because um, especially for people that are willing to engage like you you can give us a, a larger uh, picture of, of what's going on out there so we really appreciate you taking the time with us and, and answering questions and, and things like Absolutely. that uh, no, thank you guys thank you guys so much i think i mean if it weren't for you guys we have no place in this business i mean we we get out there because of you guys and i appreciate you all very much thank you i'm always up for a good boxing talk so hit me up anytime Definitely. cool all right take care thank you all Stay have safe. a nice week